0: S-O-T-H, podcast episode number two. I'm Mark Mazzura, I'm here with Jay Rodney. Indeed. We're back at it again with no notes, completely unorganized. <laughs> right. Unorganized or disorganized? Yeah, we'll I should know that. Big one. <laughs> <laughs> Either one, they both apply right now. But we've got a few things we're going to talk about today that you know we briefly discussed earlier and uh, I think we'll just run with it, go from there um it seemed to work out last time pretty well yeah yeah it wasn't too bad we got some good feedback i uh i had a few people talk to me in person say they listened to it and we got a pretty good number of listens on soundcloud it's not it's only on soundcloud right now it will eventually get on itunes once i get our our website up in the rss feed and uh We'll straighten it out, but for now, exclusively on SoundCloud. Yeah, that's
1: so. a, it. It turned out pretty well. I was pretty happy with it. Uh, the little clip you released was really cool, too. Uh, I got a lot of positive feedback on that, too. And it was just enough to kind of whet the appetite for anybody who's interested in it.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh,
1: so, seeing it on Facebook and, and stuff like that. And uh, you should uh, is it did, did you post that on Instagram also? Did you post a link for that? On I didn't Instagram? post
0: the clip. I posted a Looking picture. For the,
1: okay, that's right, that's right. Yeah. What, what is your Instagram?
0: It's just at Sons of the Hunt.
1: Cool, cool.
0: Yep. You could plug yours right now if you want. We'll get, get you some followers. You are, yours is... Oh,
1: man, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know your at I think here. it's at jrodney7, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'd have to check it. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I look at it every once in a while. I'm trying to up my Instagram game a little bit lately, uh, but uh, it's just more hobby stuff. Yeah. It's fun, but... I, yeah, I
0: think that's what it is. Honestly, Instagram, I, I, I don't really get it. I mean, it, it's tough. You you really need to stay on top of Instagram to keep an interactive following. On. I didn't
1: realize how much went into it. Instagram. I mm-hmm. watched a couple of videos on some guys who are real big on it, some photography guys, and. Uh, They're like everything down to how they organize the pictures in their feed and everything. It's got to be laid out right. I'm like, that's way too much work for me. I like posting pictures of my dog every once in a while. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Maybe a sunset here and there. Laid back, personal use. Yeah, yeah, pretty much
0: the seven people who follow me or whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah, mine is strictly out of necessity. You got to be on all platforms. And this is kind of a good segue into what we're going to talk about this Mm -hmm. week, which is, you know, Starting up Sons of the Hunt on social media and some of the strategy that I use, and uh, kind of the, just the beginning of it where uh, I started with PA Bow Hunting, and you're a team member on PA Bow Hunting. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, what we're drinking today, though. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, I am impressed. Yeah. I mean, we're, last
1: time we had some good beers. The, this is good. This yeah. is good stuff.
0: We're lucky to have this one today. This is Bell's Hop Slam Ale. And, uh, If you're in northeastern Pennsylvania, it's a little tough to get your hands on it. Um, We're lucky we're close to the the New York border. Yeah, My wife was able to pick it up at Wegmans in Binghamton.
1: I've only heard rumors of this beer, and it's actually really, really good. I'm enjoying it.
0: Yeah, it's it's something else. It's a a double IPA, and it is hoppy, and it just has such a good, full flavor. It's just... The body on it is just ridiculous. It's the... In my eyes, this is the perfect like all-around beer. Yeah, it's good. It's got a little sweetness to it. It's not so thick that it's like chewy, uh,
1: yeah. like some of those IPAs are, like the heavier IPAs are. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I'm impressed. I really like it.
0: Yeah, we got a... So far, so good. We got 10.5% on this. So. Indeed. Indeed. It's got a little kick to it, but the honey in it makes it super smooth. Yeah,
1: I didn't even realize it, what it was. And you were like, yeah, there's honey in it. I'm like, that's what it is, yeah. man. And it's really...
0: Uh, I am enjoying this. So, you're going to... Listen to us babble today while we sip some ten percent beers, and (laughs) as we get as we get further into (laughs) it, it should get more interesting. But that being said, we will get into um, I guess the beginnings of Sons of the Hunt on social media, which is pretty much the only driving force behind it. I mean, and that's pretty much it applies to. Anything that you're trying to advertise or promote these days, it has to be through social media. You have to have a social media presence. It's it's the way to reach people. That's it. Things have
1: definitely changed. I mean, we kind of talked a little bit on the last podcast about, like, are the old school social media for hunting was like, you know, outdoor life. Yep. (laughs) Pennsylvania Outdoor Life, a couple of, uh, you know, magazines on the rack, you know, bow hunting magazine, that kind of stuff. So it's definitely changed and taken a a different direction, which, you know, has pros and cons, but way more pros in my opinion. Uh, You can really touch a lot of people, and you can uh, not only change the opinions of certain people with it, but, you know, you can really just get get your message out a lot easier uh, than taking an ad out in the back of a magazine like you had to do 20 years ago. Right. So it it just offers up such a great platform uh, to get your message out there and to get your projects out there. And with the integration of video and stuff like that into it, really makes it a, a cool platform, and I kind of get wrapped up in it a little bit on my own, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, know, sure. I just find them one thing to the next thing to the next thing. I'm like, wow. So oh, yeah, go, down, go down the down rabbit hole. It. Exactly. I yeah.
0: mean, for me, having my biology background, I kind of look at everything in the, the scientific method way. You know, I'm kind of analytical, so I, I, I do look into our insights and things like that. But just looking at the trends, if you pull yourself away, you could get a really good sense of an entire community's – you know, if they're leaning one way or the other on something. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's really a good tool to gauge the hunting community with because you could see, you know, you'll get a hot button issue in a group and then oh yeah, you could uh, gauge kind of where everyone stands. And
1: yeah, it's, it's
0: useful, though, if you're going to use that in a marketing. Oh, aspect. absolutely. So
1: It's it's almost predictable in a way. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You can kind of cater, cater your content to, uh, to the market a lot easier. It uh, makes research a lot easier, anyhow, uh, right. than it used to be in the older, older days. I hate to say even that term, older days. I'm yeah. 42 for crying out
0: loud. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how everything works. But the way I ended up getting into social media as far as my, I, I don't want to call it hunting career. I mean, I've always, you know, I've been hunting my entire life. But I started realizing, I would say, geez, it was probably a year or two after I graduated college, and my my place hasn't, you know, fallen in line yet. I didn't find my solid job. I was working a couple of different jobs. And I was pretty miserable, even though I got but the thing was I got to hunt a lot because right. I was working a couple different part-time jobs. And I thought one day to myself, I said, you know if i could do this and try to cultivate something some kind of experience cuz that's actually how my career started you know i i made a sacrifice i took a job with an environmental engineering firm for almost no money just the experience right with 10 months of that you know i transitioned that into a full career with american water right so i wanted to apply the same thing to you know a possible hunting career. So you need to build some kind of portfolio or a resume and have some kind of experience. So what I did was, uh, I was cruising the bowhunting.com forums one day and I saw it was an application for a Pennsylvania based social media team. And that social media team was PA bowhunting. So I applied for that and I. Got a response back from Justin. Mm-hmm. You know Justin. Yeah, I do, I do. Justin Rigg, and uh, yeah, right at the time I think PA Bowhunting had like 200 followers. Okay, maybe. Well,
1: wow, that was some time ago, huh? It's really grown since then.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking this was it's probably 2004. Wow. Yeah. That long ago. See, I'm still new no, to not PA 2004. Bohunting. Excuse me, 2014. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah the 10% are kicking in. Indeed. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 2014. I would say, I I applied, and uh, that's really how I got my feet wet. And I just started pumping out content in every form. You know, I had some some articles I would post and a lot of photography and some videos. But that's really how I learned how to interact with social media in the sense just to get feedback and just to get engagement. And uh, that kind of transitioned, it got to the point where we we grew, jeez, I don't know the exact dates again. You know, we're talking 2014 to 2016. We probably went from 200 to like, I don't know, 14,000 maybe? Yeah. So currently today, you know, we stand at 17,000. Yeah, yeah. We're just under 17.4 right now. Right. Uh,
1: so yeah, that's a while. I came on board last spring, last April, Yeah. Uh, when I spoke with you guys. But it was kind of similar how I got into it just as a hobby. I would write. You know, write short stories, articles, and stuff like that, and just kind of email them to my friends and stuff like that. Right. And uh, I started sending them a couple of different pages, and that's kind of how I got to gain a relationship with you guys. Uh, then we, you and I started talking a little bit, and yeah. uh, we ended up meeting at a concert once, and yeah. uh, just kind of just you know built a bit of a friendship, which is really strange because I've never built friendships online before. Right. You know, and it was a yeah. new thing to me, new concept. Uh, now I have. Friends of mine that I consider actual friends that I've actually never met, right? Yeah, uh, through social media, which is you know, if you told me that 20 years ago, I think you're crazy. Bizarre, you know? Yeah,
0: but it's uh, the norm.
1: Yeah, and it's it is absolutely. I mean, and 90 percent or better of those people are through the hunting community. You know, there's a lot of people that I've met through online. I mean, there's a gentleman I'm going to go meet this uh, coming uh, February down at the Harrisburg show that I've been talking back and forth, and he's really made uh, some huge strides in the outdoor community in producing and filming and stuff like that. His name is Salvo Magro, and uh, he's... I know Salvo. You know Salvo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty solid dude, and we've been talking for years. Yeah. And uh, so this is going to be the first time we've actually been able to shake hands.
0: Uh, so I'm going to meet up with him down at the sports show. That's funny you mention him, because I remember it was just when I was you know immersing myself in you know, the outdoor community Mm -hmm. through social media, he was, he had a great presence on social media. Yeah. So, you know, that's the only reason we ended up crossing paths. Sure. And, um, I remember the one time he posted a picture, he he was, it was like almost a social media interview. He had his tie on and he took a picture, like did the selfie and he kind of listed his resume just in the post and, you know, he was looking to get a job filming. Yeah. I, I couldn't be six months later i think he he had it yeah uh, yeah you know. he's, oh, he's done? he, he um, was filming with um if i'm not mistaken he was doing some work with chip city yeah yeah
1: and uh so that turned that panned out for him he's got a actually tomorrow morning at i believe nine a m is his first show uh he did a a a series and it's coming from the outfitter's perspective. So it's a hunting show from the outfitter's perspective. Interesting. And that's yeah. uh, called I think it's Killing Buck Outfitters. We're giving him a little Oh plug yeah, that's, there.
0: that's uh <laughs> Brad Snow. Yeah, yeah. Brad yeah, Snow in Ohio.
1: Yeah. So uh, he's he did that and it uh, it airs tomorrow I think 9 a.m. on uh Pursuit Channel if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I awesome. got to, I got the DVR set.
0: Nice. Yeah. I'll check it out see how it, see how it goes. Yeah, I'll have to check it out, I have Pursuit Channel. We'll uh... He's not too far from us either. He's up in New York. Yeah, right?
1: yeah, New York. He travels through the area pretty frequently.
0: Yeah, yeah. But he has, uh, he has some interesting stories that he tells. I, I definitely suggest following him through social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. He's a character. I don't have, I don't have all his <laughs> tags here. I wish I did, but yeah, yeah.
1: just, uh, yeah. Honestly, just search Salvo Magro, and it's spelled just like it sounds, and yeah, you you'll have plenty popping up keep
0: you interested but he's such a good example of, exactly you know just
1: you know feet to the ground nose to the grindstone man and, and you got to put yourself well out there himself. yeah absolutely absolutely but yeah coming back to the social media side of it i mean you know you meet a lot of people this way and it's interesting and, and that's kind of how i came across uh you guys at pa bow hunting and uh, it's been an absolute blast being a part of it uh, and then here you go. I ended up on a podcast with yeah. uh, Sons of the much. Yeah, cool. we're
0: hanging out in my basement recording a podcast now. I mean, You're drinking it, great beer. Yeah, <laughs> the way the way things solidify, it's it's something else. I mean, it, I don't want to make any kind of you know bold statements, but it I, I have a hard time seeing cable television shows staying super relevant. Right. Eventually, excuse me. The main. You know the 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 main form of entertainment is going to be following just social media strictly, because here I have my setup myself set up right now that we have a podcast. I could produce full length films. I could produce shorts. I could produce photography. I mean, people get the complete you know 360 of everything I'm doing. Right. So, so. think back in the day, like when the juries were starting up if they could have done that and they right. documented everything that they did, there's so much there, you Yeah, know,
1: a lot that we were not privy
0: to instead of just putting everything they had into 22 minutes of film that aired, right, you know, right. for a half hour show.
1: Yeah. It was much tougher back then. No doubt. Uh, but the, I don't think the pool was as deep back then either.
0: That's true. Yeah. You know
1: what I mean? Now it's everyone's, everyone's a hunting TV star. You yeah. know what I mean? And, uh, there's there's some good ones. I uh, just came across a young group of kids today. I'm in mean, a film film community site on uh, Facebook, and he's like, "Hey, got new software. This is my first little teaser. Check it out." And it was really good. And these are kids that are like 19, 20 years old. Oh yeah. And they did a nice job. You mm-hmm. know. And they weren't out there shooting huge bucks. They were shooting doe. They were shooting small bucks. But they were doing it with archery tackle. Uh, they were doing it with muzzle loaders. They were doing it with rifles. I mean, it was just there wasn't it wasn't really pigeonholed you know right. what i mean they yeah. kind of spread it out they're like we're hunters and this is what we do and yeah. it was decent i mean this the shot setups were pretty good and the music was a little overwhelming right but you know it was like really heavy cinematic you know orchestrated you know and i was like wow well, that's a little much but other than that i mean they did a really great job yeah so there's a lot of people out there doing it you know so back when the jurors were hitting it off there might have been a hundred people making a run at it now there's thousands thousands making a run at it so but good for them good for all of them yeah because you know? a couple of them are going to make it and they're going to do well for themselves and who knows if you can do that for a living hey more power to you oh, especially absolutely. if you can do it your way
0: that's true that is true uh to segue off of that um so there are a lot of people who have something like that going online but what i want to do is i want to try to provide value to anyone listening to this podcast, because I know that there are so many people who want to do this and I could, I could let you know what I did, you know, as far as how to establish yourself and how to contact companies, which is, uh, which was my next step after, you know, I kind of established myself with PA bow hunting. I had that, you know, that little tidbit of, I helped grow PA bow hunting from 200 followers to, you know, 14,000 at the time. So I had that, you know, that little tidbit, so people knew that I understood social media. And the way I kind of manipulated that was, I started writing to companies, and I remembered about doing that after, uh, geez, I think I was thirteen or fourteen, and I have a Remington eight thirty five Ultimag. And I think it was my second season.
1: Who makes the All-35? That's, uh, is it Remington? I think it's Remington. Maybe. Or is it
0: Winchester? No. No, it's Uh, Remington.
1: uh, Remington makes the 870. 835 is the Mossberg. Mossberg. It is Mossberg. 835, yes. Sorry, I'm a gun nut.
0: (laughs) I'm not a gun nut at all. That's pretty much, I shoot my bow and I shoot my shotgun. Yep. And... That shows you how much I know about it.
1: Yeah, I've seen, I, remember, I think I remember, I saw you had a picture of yourself looking down the barrel. You had a different camera angle. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's a Mossberg 835.
0: Yep, <laughs> that's a, it is a Mossberg. Um, yeah, so I went to sight and in the second year I had it, and I noticed that my back fiber optic sight, the, the fiber optic blew out of it. So I just had two little empty holes. Right. And I, I got online and I went on Mossberg's site and I looked up just any email. I, I don't even, I don't remember. It was contact at mossberg.com or something yeah. like that. And I wrote them an email. It was like a week before the season. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm in trouble. I need, I need to figure out how to put another site on this. I don't know. I was, I was only like 13. right, right. I just wrote this long email and it, you know, it helped that. You know, my mom was an English teacher, so I, I could write a decent email. Right, yeah. And, uh, it's a lost sure, art nowadays. <laughs> yeah, sure enough, two weeks later in the mail, showed up a, a new fiber optic site. Awesome. So, I mean, the gears in my head have always been turning since that happened. I, I wrote letters back in the day to Bill Jordan and never heard anything back. Right, right. If he wants to write me back, Bill, if sure. you're listening. <laughs> but <laughs> he's definitely not. But, yeah, that's the thing. So once you have that you know, that one piece of valuable, you know, information that you can give to a company. Say, well, look at, look at the exposure I can give you, or look what sure. I could do. I have these XXX, these skills, you know, I could, I could do video. I'm, I could edit photography. I'm, I'm a writer. And then you reach out to what I did is just reach out to the companies that I was using. And I believed in at the time. Right. And oh, I, yeah, I, that's a great way to go about it. I mean, I got super lucky. Because pretty much every company that I was using at the time responded, and that's kind of how the relationship with ScentBlocker Blocker started. Sure. So it was I was just really lucky. I wrote, you know, I kind of poured my poured my heart out in the email to ScentBlocker Blocker because I was wearing them since I was you know 12 years old. Right. And uh, yeah, they responded, and that that's just kind of how that relationship blossomed.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I think think the a big Part of that is not to get discouraged because, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people might throw something out there to 10 companies and get zero replies, but that oh, 11th yeah. company might get back to them and, and uh, you know, and, and something will come of it.
0: That's, that, that is a, a, a big thing you need to consider when you write an email is you cannot get discouraged if you don't right, get a reply. Right. Yeah. With Expedition, it took me a while. I had to, uh, how that actually kind of worked out was Dave Fazio put me in contact with the company, gave me a phone number eventually because right. I wrote a couple emails and nothing really came of it. And then I filled out an application and then I finally got somebody on the phone and I was able to talk to them. It was actually, a, I think I talked to uh, Richard Stark, who was the, the president of the company at the time. And that's how, uh, you know, I just kind of talked to him a little bit. And then at that point, I think I had a, a little teaser that Brian and myself put together. Okay, cool. So yeah. I had something to show them of the, the quality film that we could produce. But uh, I remember for a long time when I was writing emails to Expedition in the beginning and I wasn't getting any responses. I was just, you know, I was angsty and, you know, annoyed. And you're just not going to get a response every time because there's so many people trying to do this that they just get flooded with emails, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And something similar thing happened uh, with with Hawk, just talking to Hawk about when we did uh, the uh, Veterans in the Hunt program, uh end of last year with pa hunting, and i just reached out to him like hey we're doing this program would you be interested in you know throwing something in for it he's like man we get these all the time mm-hmm. he's like we get crushed with them throughout the entire year and we're kind of spent i'm like no worries man thank you very much and a week later i get a box full of hats stuff like that he ended up sending us stuff anyway right but yeah i mean a lot of these guys they do they get uh, inundated with requests mm-hmm. and, and, you know, different uh, types of emails like that. So, yeah, you, know, you know, you might not hear anything for, what was the longest time you had to wait to hear back from somebody? I mean, which company oh, really took the longest to get back to you? Would that be Expedition or? Did some of them just surprise you and come at you out of nowhere? Like, holy smokes, I didn't think I was going to hear from these guys. Yeah, and here we I, are.
0: The, the one that really sticks in my head is Expedition because I, I remember shooting the bow and being blown away by it and just saying there's no one else like I need to have these guys on my yeah. side. And that's why I think I was just so impatient with it. Sure. Which, and and you know it, it might not have even been that long might have been two weeks, might have been three weeks, but you know I got it done eventually. Sure. But it I don't know, maybe I'm just an impatient person, I guess, and it was just something I wanted to get done just because I'm I'm so driven to make this thing work, you know, when something you know, is taking its time. It's like, I don't have time for this. Let's let's get it done. Well,
1: you know, there's nothing to be said for that. I mean, there's a lot of people just kick back and go, ah, eh, well, it didn't happen. Didn't happen. You know, but, blame yeah. the world. You know, it just didn't work out. So, yeah, yeah persistence is, is clutch, uh, especially when it comes to this type of thing. When you're trying to put yourself out there and you're trying to gain some recognition, I mean, you just can't let up. You right. know what I mean? And, and it'll pay off, you know? Mm-hmm. I, obviously, it did. You, you're doing pretty well with it. So, you know, to share this with everybody uh, is pretty cool because I had no idea either. I mean, I didn't never really had a a drive to do this for a profession. I just love it. I just love the, to be involved in it. So whether it's writing an article, or doing a silly little video, or something like that, it's pretty cool. But to see the side that it, the potential in in being able to reach out to a company like Expedition mm-hmm. or a, a company like you know was it Semplac you're with it, right? Those guys are pretty big deals. So to it must have felt pretty good to oh um, yeah.
0: land something like that and then that's just the thing i mean when when you get a kickback from a company like scent blocker sure just such a you know well-known company huge in the outdoor industry yeah yeah, absolutely it's just it just you know it puts you on another level like your confidence well it validates you know it validates
1: everything you've been doing all the work you put into it and and the you know all the times you sent those emails out it just validates the work you put into it so right and it inspires you to kind of continue on and, and try and build on it so sure so yeah, it's I think that's a, a a great point. Great point.
0: Yeah, and I mean once once you do get a, your first response and they're like, all right, well, let's see what you got. You know, we could give you this. We'll we'll give you this discount. Right. You know, I think that there's so many people out there that think, Oh, geez, he's getting all this stuff for free and i am not getting yeah. anything. Yeah, for I free. learned that you as know? well. You, it's, it's, it's free. It's just a discount. But the thing is, once you have your foot in the door, you know, show them you have some fire in your belly and you can get out there and get everything done that you say you're gonna do. And that was the biggest thing. I I told it the one thing in my email was I I I promised everyone that I would produce high quality film my first year, a full length high quality film. That's what, that was just my goal. I wanted to do it. And I followed through on it. Once you do something like that and prove that all right, well, he's he's a man of his word, you know, companies are more apt to work with you. Sure, sure. And then once you know, once you have that little bit just snowball effect from there you right. know, approach who you want tell them you work with so and so name drop your your rep at the time and that's that's just kind of how it works I mean well let's
1: see, you know those guys all know each other oh, you know, yeah. whether it's the oh, APA sure. shows or yeah. the shot shows or what have you yeah mm-hmm. they all they all come in contact with each other at some point in time so yeah. wouldn't surprise me that they're emailing each other back hey do you know this guy you heard of him what's the no. deal and uh, friendly
0: competition if you will right you know, so and the one thing I will say that helped me out a lot when i was writing these emails is you can't you have to walk that fine line of being confident but not overconfident Mm -hmm. and you need to drive home that the name of the game is pretty much respect you're out there to respect the animal you're you're out there to support the tradition of hunting and the one thing you want to do is get your message across that if you're producing outdoor content it's not just because you want to be the guy on the poster with the face paint. It's because you want to show other people how to succeed, you know. And once you do that, once you can show one person how to succeed in the woods and it actually happens, you've just created, you know, like a lifetime hunter.
1: Absolutely. And you're creating more, con- I mean, not to you know, break it down to that, but you're creating more customers for these people, for these products. Right. I mean, it's just uh, it's a great business model,
0: you know. Yeah. I mean, it's all synergy. You know, everything sure. is kind of feeding off of each other, and that's, that's kind of how the industry has to work. You know? Oh, absolutely. Because you've got, you've got a group of people who do the same thing, and businesses need to run within that circle. Indeed. So that's kind of how it has to go.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, it is, at the end of the day, a business, and mm-hmm. you have to make money right. at a business. So, but you know, one thing I've been impressed with, and I work in the medical field, um, you work in, you know, an environmental field. Uh, so to, to see how some of these sales companies and these businesses operate, and then you look at how some of the companies in the outdoor field operate, it's night and day. It's night and day. I mean, there's, it, it just appears, seems to me that the handshake still means something, you know what I mean, right. in, the, in the outdoor community. That's just been my perspective. I'm sure there's a couple of them out there that are a little shady, but oh, yeah. the ones that I've uh, you know spoken to and and dealt with directly have all been really stand-up people, uh, right. and and, and they, their interests are the same as ours. On the front lines, the guys in the woods, the guys on stand, these are hunters who are running these companies. They're not just you know board guys, you know boardroom people who are operating. These are guys who are out in the woods boots something ground type guys yeah uh, so that that helps to drive a better product, but it helps it helps to uh drive a good message too
0: um, with a lot of these companies and what their uh, their mission statements are really uh, yeah right. and and that uh, that brings up a good point that I know that there are so many people out there who want to do this type of thing, and they will go after every single company that is out there and I'll tell you what there's a lot of really good companies out there. But there's also a lot of really bad companies oh, out there. And, and they're not going to last. And then you kind of affiliate yourself with a company that, you know, is going to fizzle out in a year. And then it just kind of, I don't know, it just tarnishes, you know, what you're willing to do. I would say approach the companies that you want. And if you can't work with them, don't bend and change it. You know, stick right. with what you believe in because it's way easier to promote a product that you know works and works for you rather than you know take some kind of product that you have no faith in right or you and don't then it know fails about, you in the and woods just
1: throw you a bone
0: yeah i mean i i've made that mistake and i'm not gonna throw any companies under the bus but i i've done it yeah so and if you follow our stuff you probably know what it is but that's that's really all i kind of want to say about that because sure like well, I said, that's
1: again you know you're not only sharing your successes, but you're sharing some of the mistakes that you've made, and that's vital. I mean, otherwise, because it 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 adds uh, validity to it. You know what right. I mean? Because everything I've always done in my career hasn't been gold, man. Uh, I've made a bunch of mistakes, and when I'm tr- you know getting involved with somebody who's new to my field, I got to tell them about the mistakes I made, so it helps helps prevent them from making those same mistakes. Same holds true with you. You know what I mean? If you're really trying to help people and and throw this message out there. Uh, giving them the ups, the downs, the the goods, the bads is is really important. So, uh, kudos to you for that, man. I mean, you got to. <laughs> yeah. It's it's you know.
0: Just try to you know be honest about what you're using. That's it, man. I mean, I I think I, I don't remember if we talked about the um, the scent blocker suit that I the the first Dream Season suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Dream Season on the sleeve. The y- big We y- talked a little bit about it. Yeah. I I had that suit from geez, i don't know what was dream season probably like 2004 Mm. but i have a picture of myself from 2007 uh i shot a nice eight pointer and then the year that i shot uh that 140 i think it was was that 2015 no that was 2014 same suit i was wearing so i mean that's seven years of you know i hunt pretty hard like i I hunt a lot and that suit held up man so something like that it's easy to promote that sure sure i mean absolutely. It, it just you know you you put those pictures side by side what better you know review do you have than that so something that you actually believe in is way easier to promote and that's pretty much that that you got to live by that guideline if you're going to try to do something like this sure sure but i think we should uh take a little intermission here i think i just heard the camera click all right good deal so take a break uh, All
1: all right well we're we're back from uh our first segment here and still enjoying these uh hop slam ales they're uh pretty impressive man
0: a little too impressive if you ask me Eh, at times (laughs) eh, at times yeah yeah we might i I think that we might have to review bottled water a little bit (laughs) (laughs) yeah good times man good
1: times uh you know back in the first segment you kind of talked a little bit about uh creating lifetime hunters and, and uh kind of building building brands through that that measure and stuff like that and you know Looking back at some of the things that we have opportunities to do through what we do is to get different people involved. I mean, uh, the, looking back statistically, I mean, we're looking at about 7% of the country who actually hunt. So these brands that are out there are looking to grow their market, if you will, and uh, that comes down to people who do hunt and, and, and people who want to uh, introduce people to hunting. Uh, whether it be uh, getting a kid out there hunting or introducing even an adult uh, who's never done it before but might be a little bit open-minded to it. Um, I think the, the biggest way to do that, and I'm sure you would agree with that it, with me in that, is uh, through food. Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, i I've, I've cooked venison for a few people, and they're like, holy
0: smokes, where do I buy a tag? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we were talking earlier before uh, we started recording that my wife had venison before she met me, and did not like it. I mm-hmm. had to convince her to try it again. And once she tried it after, you know, I processed it and mm-hmm. I prepared it, it was a different story. She sure. hated it
1: prior. Well, that's it. My wife was the same way, you yeah. know. Yeah. She, she knew a little bit about hunting. She could care less either way. Um, but, you know, get, seeing, seeing somebody get so intimately involved with it um, in, in the harvesting, the processing, the cooking, I mean, all of that, it was just to shine a new light on it, on on, on the whole process, and it, and it intrigued her a little bit. So uh, I, I'm thinking I might have talked her into maybe doing a little bit of turkey hunting. We'll see. She's never had any
0: drive to hunt whatsoever, uh, but I, she'll never kill a deer. I don't think I'd be able to get her to kill a deer. I, you know, it's it's funny you mention that because we've had the same discussion recently, mm-hmm. and I think that she's on board, and I think that she will kill a deer because she's hit a deer with her car before. right. And now she's got a little vendetta. So <laughs> I think she would kill Let's a deer. go time. Yeah. yeah. But But uh, turkey hunting, I think, is such a good segue. And you should, I think ideally, a hunter should start with turkeys because of how active it is.
1: Well, that's it. There's, a, there's a give and take. You know, you're calling. They're responding. Yeah. You get up. You move. I mean, you know, deer hunting is great. But sitting on stand for several hours and not seeing a thing. is a little tricky it's tough to convince somebody what a great time it is uh, Uh, when they're cold and bored uh turkey hunting is a different ball game the weather isn't usually all that bad yeah um you know you're calling if you're in a good spot and they're gobbling you know there's that interaction uh it it can really turn somebody on in a minute uh and to just to see a turkey do its thing uh that was one of my first you know I guess I would call successes in the field, was to get out and do some turkey hunting and see one come to the call and strut around the field and the sun hitting it just right. Mm. And it's one of those moments you just don't forget.
0: Yeah, you get me all amped
1: up. That's it. I know, right? (laughs) In due time, man, it won't be long. Uh, But but to expose somebody to that, I mean, we we stand on the shoulders of those who showed us and those who showed them. And it's not only an opportunity for us, but it's almost... Almost, uh, you know, a requirement. I mean, it's all, we're almost required to do that. I mean, to introduce somebody. You don't want to force it on anybody, no. of course. But, you know, somebody who's neither here nor there. I mean, they're kind of somewhere in that valley of the, the great divide between the hunters and the, the non-hunters and the anti-hunters. You know, they just don't, they don't care either way. You know, they could be swayed. Sure. You know, there's plenty of stuff out there, plenty of media, plenty of propaganda out there to sway them the other way towards the anti-hunters. Right. Um, so for us to get out there and say, hey, man, try a piece of my, de- my deer jerky.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, or, hey, check out this turkey hunting video that I did. Yeah. You know, or see this, you know, ghost, you know, the, yeah. the, the first uh, thing you put out there, uh, full length anyway. I mean, that appeals to not only people who do deer hunt, people who hunt and, and understand the chase understand the pursuit uh there's something there for people who aren't full-on hunters yet right it's the anticipation you know Mm -hmm. and it builds um and i think that's you know again small game turkey hunting something that's active something that's interactive uh it really helps to kind of pique the interest of somebody who otherwise may not really be into that right um so yeah man i i I think you're onto something with the turkey hunting thing. we we'll start a clinic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'll be funny. Two, two wives hunting, hunting turkeys this fall.
1: That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's, she was always like, uh, as long as I can't see its face, as long as I don't have to look at it, you do whatever you got to do as long as I don't have to look at it. And then she saw my son, I took him out turkey hunting and she saw the video from that and the excitement and the buildup. And, you know, I, I think it kind of, hit a little bit of a switch for her. Yeah. So I think she's interested in maybe trying to go out, even just to go out and sit, you know, right. just to hear the woods wake up. That's one thing, you know, a lot of people who
0: don't hunt, they think we go
1: out, we kill something, we come home. There's yeah. so much more.
0: I think that a lot of people have never experienced that. That's it. And that, I, you know, it sounds so simple. Just, oh, what are you sitting in the woods? It's getting light out. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's like you're sitting in the woods and it is getting light out mm-hmm. and everything comes to life. Know. It goes from dead yeah. silent to there's birds, there's activity, chipmunks, man. there's squirrels, yeah.
1: and all this stuff that starts moving around. And that just kind of gets you from, you know, there's times where I'll sit and it's dark, and you're already starting to you know, whether they're not off, or mm-hmm. just, it's hard to focus, and then everything comes to life. It's like, okay, there's so much That's happening. That's euphoric. Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it's really hard to describe. As, as somebody who tries to create media and, and write about what that is, it's hard to find the words. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? and. It's it, it's really tough to get your point across, Absolutely. unless you experience it. And I'm that's one of the things that I'm definitely anxious for Bridget to to see, just to be there and just because it, it's kind of one of those unreal moments. It's like one of the things I could compare it to is like if you get a lot of like fluffy snow, mm-hmm. right? And it's dusk, and it's and you're somewhere like we live out in the country where it's real quiet. And just that snow like settling, and it's just fresh snow. I don't, I don't know that that might be a little far fetched, but it's just one of those like silent euphoric moments. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. There's and just it's, something about you it. You have to sense it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know that, and
1: the the first time that you're sitting and that morning silence is broken by a gobble that's oh, yeah. less than a hundred yards from you. Unreal. Holy moly, man. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing and I mean, like it.
0: Like you were saying before, how vividly do you remember your first successful turkey hunt?
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it it was 2000, a year 2000. I had hunted them for years. We never really had much success. Uh, My buddy Frank was a big turkey hunter, and he had killed a couple birds. And we'd gone out fall, spring, the whole deal. we have been out a few times. And um, my my shotgun wasn't working, so his old man loaned me his old Remington 1100, a little semi-automatic, but it only took two and three-quarter inch shells. So it was okay. more of like a small game target round type shotgun. So I'm like, holy smokes. All right. Normally you go out with the three and a half inch Magnums. You know, you go out there to shoot them at range and you right. make sure you get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I set up and it was the first time I've ever heard it. I've ever seen a turkey come in without making a sound. Never gobbled, never made a noise. And I was Smarter. just, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was just about to fall asleep. And we had a buddy who was with us who was had a bad cold and he was coughing a lot. So he tapped out. He's like, I'm going to go back to the truck. I can't be coughing like this because you know mm-hmm. how good the turkeys can hear. So uh, he went back to the truck. So it was just Frank and I. And I'm sitting there, and I just see the movement. And I look over, and here he comes up over the edge of the hill. And he got behind this big tree, so I was able to reposition a little bit. I shot this turkey at like nine yards. That's just He it's... was on top of me. And, you know, never heard him never saw him never made a word and t- just until he came up over the edge of that hill i just saw his head moving around a little bit he got behind that tree i repositioned shot him at nine yards it is to this date the biggest
0: turkey i've ever shot in my life sure he yep. was a monster yeah, So and just when you said he didn't gobble i knew it yeah. had to be an old mature bird yep, yep yep he
1: was just under 11 inch beard wow uh, he only had one spur which was weird yeah he a only fighter. had one yeah, it wasn't even there wasn't even one there. It wasn't even like it grew. It was just a, a blank leg and really? then a spur on the other side. It was crazy. Oh, we didn't thing. break it off or anything. No, no, it was like it never grew. Wow. But it was a, but just over an inch for the spur. So I was a good first bird, you know, and, but man, was I bit I was a bit hard too. Oh yeah. Um so that was my first experience with the turkey. And that um, wasn't even the traditional experience. no no, not even. Uh but you know, the second year we went out and my buddy Frank ended up getting it getting a bird that year, but that was we were setting up on this little small field. And, you know, that was in a traditional birds, gobbling, gobbling, gobbling on the roost. The whole deal yeah. flies down and he came out into the field and the sun hit him just right. Mm-hmm. And man, you couldn't, you couldn't make that stuff up. Yeah. And it was something that you, like you said, you can't explain it. Right. Uh, until you see something like that, until you experience something like that. And a, turkeys, a lot of people think they're kind of ugly birds. When you see them doing their thing, it is one of the most beautiful things oh, yeah. that Mother Nature's ever put in front of us. Uh, so that was, uh, that was another really cool moment for me, but then that was right around the same time I started bow hunting. Um, so once I shot my first bird, I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm going with the bow now. I'm going to try and chase him with the bow.
0: That's that's such a challenge, man. Oh, yep. Yep. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I have this, I have a good piece of footage that I've never released of, um, I think it was the, the first year that I was filming. I said, you know what? I could, I could do this. I could film and I could shoot a a bird with the bow yeah i said this isn't going to be an issue well i i called in two nice gobblers and it, they I, I had this perfect setup with this big hay bale right along the edge of this field and i knew where the birds were roosting and i was thinking they were going to come right up they were going to you know give me a warning gobble i would know when they were coming i yeah. had the decoy right out in front of me perfect should should work out should should right, never, never works. they They made this giant circle and ended up coming right over the edge of the field right at me. And it was just like uh, they're looking right at me. the decoys there. There was nothing I could do two big gobblers mm-hmm. together. And oh, it's just so tough to to self film and oh, absolutely it's, just... it's tough to sell film to
1: begin with. Uh, I've tried it a few times to sell film and Turkey hunt right from the ground without a blind. the whole deal. Mm-hmm. You know I've hunted out of a blind a few times, and I always said, I want to do it without the use of a blind. Yeah, then I kind of realized how difficult it was and uh, started using a blind. didn't have success. And then I went back to it like, well, listen, I, I know if I shoot with the with the bow from a blind, I'm gonna wish I didn't. Yeah, so I went right back to just you know setting myself up and you know the way you, your decoy placement, your setup, everything plays into the archery tackle oh, you yeah. know what i mean putting your decoy i don't even see my decoys half the time when i'm in the woods i put my decoys behind the biggest tree i could find so if yeah. the deer or yeah the deer the turkey approaches the decoy he's behind a tree i can draw right uh you know it's it's a challenge no question one of the the things i love most about turkey hunting with the bow is 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 how humble they make me oh yeah <laughs> i've been made a fool of so many times by a Air quote, stupid turkey.
0: Stupid walnut brain <laughs> bird. It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, they've made a fool of me they're many not, a times. They're they're many not a times. <laughs> uh, but
1: again, the, the challenge that lies in in turkey hunting is a lot of the times what could be a great opportunity to expose somebody to that because of the excitement, because of the morning, because of the time of the year. Mm-hmm. There's so many variables that roll up into that to, to try and help expose somebody to that. And in that, you, you gain a partner. Uh, oh, yeah. you gain an ally that you you gain a soldier if you will oh yeah uh, for hunting and con- conservation
0: and uh lord knows we need it oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. i uh i do look forward to uh, bringing bridget out this this spring i mean i think we're kind of in a honey hole with the new house here yeah like i've seen a few of your videos with them I, uh with their head under their wing trying to yeah, stay warm that I was mean, crazy they're just constantly around the house uh, this this once we get a little bit closer to the spring, it's going to be interesting because mm-hmm. I feel like we're just going to not be able to sleep with all the gobbles around right oh, here. Oh, I, I know it. I've got a trail cam out back, and it's just – there's probably 15 different good gobblers. Like, Oh, that's fantastic. You know, 10-inch and, and, beards.
1: You know, that's huge, man, being to be able to provide adequate opportunity. You know, yeah. I've hunted some state land where I went out, and I didn't hear a peep the whole time. I'd spend weeks That's trying tough. to That's drum thing. up a bird on state land. you know. And then i go to some other areas. Uh, my buddy Damien and I that hunt with. Um, I had these birds so patterned, man, on a piece of state property. I mean, I actually was able to film them flying out of the roost right into our decoy spread. <laughs> I mean, they nice. came right to where we wanted them to go. But He was calling for me and filming, and I was bow hunting, so I just could not get him close enough. And that's just it. I mean, you can get close, but no cigar, you know what I mean? But but there was no way I consider that a failure. No way. Because we were able to set up where we needed to be. The birds came right the way we wanted them. We technically outsmarted them, but we just didn't seal the deal. I just couldn't get that bird close enough. Um, and and that was just one of the best days I'd had because we had so much success in regard to our scouting and our setup and all that stuff. That alone is enough to give you like a all right man, this is awesome. I'm gonna try and get get
0: back at this. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that's one of those scenarios that kind of debunks the uh, the defenseless animal. Oh, I know argument. it. Argument like. Know it- it. You don't realize how many defenses
1: they actually have. And you gotta watch yeah. out, man. Those turkeys have killed many a man. It's never <laughs> us. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> and it's it, it's mental warfare, though. Oh, it is. You know? It
1: really is because it can drain you, especially when you decide you're gonna make a run and you take vacation time and everything in oh, turkey yeah. season, and you spend days on end sitting from sun up till noon. Uh, you know, for, was it the second half of the season now? You can you can hunt till um, yeah. dust now. So that's great.
0: I'm dying um, to kill uh, in one hand.
1: Burn. But on the other hand, it just makes me sit out there that much yeah. longer. Yep. Uh, it makes my sit that much longer. But, yeah, man, it, it's just an absolute blast. If I had to give it all up uh, and hunt only one thing the rest of my life, it would definitely be turkeys.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that. And and I do agree to a degree. I do agree to a degree. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I love my
1: deer. I love my venison. But, uh, you know, as far as the hunt itself and the pursuit. It's
0: It's a chess match. Yeah. You know? It's, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's such a game. Like, I, I, I have such vivid memories of just you know chasing turkeys. Like, I know what he's gonna do every day, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Yep. You know <laughs> he, he, he'll do something different. You yeah. Know, it, he, he'll be in the same area, but he will do something di- just a little bit different. He'll yeah. circle around, or he'll go this way, or. or my, my favorite, the most frustrating thing, is a hen intercepts him. Oh. The, the day that you think you've got him coming in, and all of a sudden, you know, the hen starts clocking and you're just like, come on. Yep. Can I catch yep. a break? You just can't. And that's it. Uh this will be this year will be my
1: sixteenth year bow hunting turkeys. I have wow. yet to shoot one in the spring. It's just with the, the bow. With the bow. With yeah. the bow. I you know in the last couple of years I went out and I did just a couple mornings where I'm like, you know what, that's it. I'm just going, I'm taking the shotgun. And I'm going to go shoot a bird. I've, and I do. Yeah. And they, I could shoot within no like, range. <laughs> yeah. You're just
0: like, yeah. Oh, come on. And I'm like, I that's
1: c- it. I'm done. I'm tapping out. I'm not going to. I could me. have
0: shot Jake's with the bow. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And at this point, I probably just should have. You know what? I actually shot at a Jake with the bow.
1: And I got so worked up. I, again, I was outside of a blind. My buddy Damien was backing me up. And uh, I just picked the wrong pin. And I shot an arrow dead between this turkey's legs. And I don't know who was more surprised when that yeah. arrow went between his legs, the turkey or me. Right. Um, and when it, I missed him, Damien shot him. My buddy took him out. You know oh, what I mean? He? And Yeah. And uh, that was the deal. I'm like, if I miss, you shoot him. And and sure enough, that arrow went between his legs, and it wasn't three seconds later that that turkey was flopping yeah. around, you know? Nice. Um, but it was just one of those things, like, that was my opportunity. I've, been to dr- I've gotten a full draw on them, and they've run. You know, they yeah. caught me. They busted me. Um, so but hard. that's all in the learning experience, you know? Mm-hmm. I've... I'm so confident in my ability now because of all the screw ups that I've made, all the mistakes that I've made. It's really created a. It's it's made me a much better turkey hunter, overall. Oh yeah. Uh, but it's allowed me to to really understand their habits and you know how they interact when they're a little wary,
0: mm-hmm. when
1: their guards down. You can almost sense that with their body language and stuff. Right. So it's I've just become a student of the game. Uh, uh of turkey hunting so hopefully this is it last year i got really close yeah really close but uh there's good again, footage of that yeah yeah there's some good footage out there is that missing. On, <laughs> on your youtube uh it's on pa bow hunting's channel okay um it's on uh black rock uh, uh i started a little uh game call company uh, about two years ago but we had to, just life got in the way we had to yeah. let, it, let it hit the back burner but uh 2018 I think we're going to make another run at it. Nice. But so this is Black Rock Outdoors is on YouTube, but you can find it on the PA Bow Hunting channel and it's uh but you know, I I don't think enough people show their misses. There's a yeah. lot of guys that miss. Oh yeah. And they they edit that out. <laughs> I, have, I I it. I took some heat from it too, you know. I, I chose to put it out there. Oh yeah. And people are like, "Why would you you missed? Why did you put it out there?" Well, because I missed. You know, yeah. and, Think there's some relevance
0: to that you know you what's know? funny is that you just told me about that miss and i i i thought back the first year that i was filming i i came so close to shooting a gobbler with the bow and i was filming with my buddy's dslr mm-hmm. and i was in this little boat, in this little blind it was a blind not made for bow hunting it was one of those little like teepee. oh yeah type yeah, ones, yeah. Like one man could sit sure. in it forgot a chair so <laughs> I've i had been there i too, was man. just like i've got that t-shirt kneeling on the ground holding my bow with the and it was in the afternoon and that was the first year you could hunt in the afternoon right and i was out scouting like the week before in the afternoon and i knew where this bird was sure enough he did exactly what i thought he came down this pipeline and uh i didn't have a rangefinder. he got right out in front of me and i was thinking he was 30 yards but there was a dip in front of me and this was like a fresh pipeline mm-hmm. and it was all clover right, right so it right. just looked all green out there and i said all oh, right 30 yards definitely and draw back and right under him yeah but there there was a little dip that made it you know yeah, visually it's deceiving. look 30 it's deceiving, for and i mean sure, they're yeah. like a little little tiny like he was a good gobbler but you know you're shooting at like a Something that's the size of, like, a golf ball. Seriously, yeah. All of his vitals
1: combined are about the size of a tennis ball, yeah. if you're lucky, yeah. you know. So it's 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 tough. And, you know, I, I, I can blame 100 things why I missed that bird. But I mean, we got rained on for about three straight hours, like, literally downpour. Um, we were soaked to the bone. I actually lost a cell phone over it. My cell phone got <laughs> wet, and I got wrecked. Um, but I rushed the shot. You know, I was so convinced this is it. I was all hyped up. Like, this is my shot. I played everything out where the turkey came out. There's a tuft of grass that he walked behind when I drew. Everything was perfect. And and I missed. I mean, I, I took a couple feathers off his back, um, which made me think that I got him. But yeah. when I reviewed the footage and I went and found my arrow, um, yeah, nah, I gave him a little haircut. Yeah, <laughs> But, you know, didn't wound him. Fortunately, I would have felt 10 times worse. If I wounded him versus yeah. missing him, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and when you look at the footage, you can see him just walking away like nothing. He was just like, "What happened?" Yeah, you know, and he just walked off. And the big bird up there was literally over the top of the hill. Yeah, and he was on his way in. He was coming in quiet, just like uh, the first one I killed. Yeah, he was with a couple of hens. Those and, big uh, ones do that, man. They do, they don't get that big for being stupid. That's true, um, that's, that applies to everything. Yeah, so much. that's a great way, I think, you know, we're kind of reminiscing on our, our love for turkey hunting. You know? Yeah, it's it, a I mean, it's, great it's intense opportunity.
0: and it's, it's hard to describe. And I think that, you know, if you're trying to get somebody into hunting. It's a great way to do it. It's a yeah. great way to do it. I yeah. mean,
1: the whole field to table movement that's been coming along uh, the last couple of years is great. I mean, a lot of people want to eat organic. That's been a big push as of late, Um, you know. So what better way to eat organic than to go out and, and, you know, shoot your own food. I mean, something that you don't get more organic than venison or wild turkey or squirrel or rabbit or whatever it is, duck, waterfowl. You don't get more organic than that. You know, uh, nobody likes the thought of factory farming, but I'm a meat eater. So, (laughs) I mean, I hate the fact that I have to, I'm almost forced to accept that. But it makes me feel so much better about what I'm putting in my body, what I'm eating, what I'm consuming. I mean, it gives you a much more intimate relationship with what you're cooking when you know where that was a couple of days ago. Yep. You saw that on a hoof. Yep. You know, it really gives you that intimate relationship with, with your, your ingredients, if you will. Um, and, and, you know, when you can cook something, I take so much care and so much... I have so much reverence for what I'm making. When I have some friends over and I'm making deer steaks or I'm making chili or something like that, I put way more work into that than I would just go and buy a pack of beef at the store. Yeah, You know, call it what you will. But uh, yeah, it really, uh, it just elevates every sense in in, in that regard. So, you know, feel the table. People want to eat organic. Go get a hunting license. Yeah. Go get your food. You know what I mean? And there's something to be said for that.
0: And I I mean that... That ties right in with, you know, the, in the last episode I said, I don't want this to be just strictly a hunting podcast. Mm-hmm. I want it to be a lifestyle podcast. Sure. And that, I mean, that is a lifestyle. That's that's a lifestyle choice. You know, Absolutely. The way you eat, you know, to be not only promoting conservation, but you're being self-sustaining at the same time. I mean, that just builds character. And we're, that's why we all kind of run in the same vein. We're all, you know, same type of minded person i mean as far as it goes but uh yeah i think that it just uh all around builds that same person i think that's the uh the best way to put it but it um, does and you know people can be proud you know when my
1: son shot his first turkey he doesn't even like he doesn't even like turkey (laughs) which is blasphemy in my family yeah Uh, but you know you bet your bottom dollar he was eating that turkey because he killed it he brought that home he shot that was his turkey so there's no way he was not going to eat that turkey yeah Uh, you know what i mean i made him turkey quesadillas i made him turkey sandwiches and he loved every minute of it so now it's like when are we going to go get another turkey right you know um for someone to experience that and to put food on the table not to you know, sound cliche, but the reality of it is when you put food on the table, you're proud of that. You right. Know what I mean, and it's really good table fare. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's no absolutely. joke. You put some venison on there. I'd rather eat venison over veal, over lamb, over a good filet any day. Right. Um, yeah. Just because I, I kind of grew up on it and right. I have a passion for it. So if you can turn somebody else on to that aspect of it, that field to table, that food side of it, I mean... You don't really have to get into the whole, let's go out and sit in the woods for six hours. You get somebody out there and let there they have success within, you know, a couple trips out. And man, you've got it. You've got someone who's going to get bit real quick you know, right. with that hunting bug.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, it's interesting that, uh, you know, you took your son out. Um, cause that was, that was another one of the things we talked about last week. How, you know, my dad went to extreme measures to make sure that, you know, it happened for me in the woods sure. with the bow, turkey hunting. You know, I, I, I shot, a deer my first day deer hunting i shot a turkey my first day turkey hunting like it just he just he made sure it happened yeah so in that sense do you think you took any let's say out of the ordinary measures to make sure that your son was successful the first day or did you do anything you know, different i i made i took measures to make sure he was comfortable right
1: you know what i mean because he was seven so i yeah. made sure that he had snacks um you know he got to carry his own backpack but mm-hmm. his backpack had a blanket in it um it had snacks in it stuff like that um we didn't bring any electronics i know some people are real big on letting them play video games and stuff like that and i'm not opposed to that because honestly there's going to come a day where i'm probably going to take them deer hunting right and if i can have them play on my phone play some angry birds for a little while to keep them right. involved you know mm-hmm. what i mean i have no qualms with that because yeah, i no. get it they're kids but, um, yeah, no, he slept for a little bit. He took a nap. You know what I mean? We were in a box blind. Uh, we had comfortable chairs. So I, I, in that respect, yeah, I took some extra measures. Um, but, I mean, I knew the birds were going to be there. Whether they're going to be there or that day or not, it's a toss of a coin. Right. Um, but we lucked out. Yeah, there's certain things just out of here. That's hand. it. We had yeah. a couple of jakes come through. Um, it was really neat, though, because it, it, was, it was the whole experience. Um, I built a turkey call just for that day. Uh, so right. he had that memory and he still has it. He still keeps it. So with, with I kept the fan of the, the Jake that he shot. So I'm going to kind of mount the, the fan with the turkey call, that whole deal. Because then he has something that he can look at and go, okay, well, I accomplished that. Yeah. And, you know, he'll remember that I was involved in that. When yeah. he gets older, he can get his kids in it if he chooses to do so. And it's just, you're just paving the road. You know what I mean? You're, you're building a legacy for someone when it comes to children um, that it's going to, it's going to give them an out, you know, a way to unplug, a, an opportunity to, to do something completely different. Because, you, you know, I'm, a lot of people out there know that, the, the, you know, the kids of today, I hate to sound like an old timer, but it's way different than it was. You oh, know, yeah. everyone's so hammered from every direction with social media, with technology, with all that stuff. And, and, and to get out in the woods and unplug from that, it's a whole nother experience. Some people like it. Some people don't care for it. They're bored with it. There's not enough, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? I mean, they're not, uh, in, it's not as not as intense as they need. I mean, they're not, uh, you know,
0: hitting from all ends. Right, you know? yeah. So Some people just don't take to it, I guess. I mean, there's just certain things that, you know, are appreciated by some people and not appreciated by others. Right. And right. That you, you, that's teach it. each their own. And that's it. You know,
1: you don't know until you try. You know, my grandfather took myself, my brother, and my cousin out to the woods. Right. My brother and cousin could care less. Right. But he gave us all that opportunity. Yeah. I took it and ran with it. Yeah. Those guys were like, "Mm, whatever. You know, I'm going to play video games. I'm going to – my brother got into cars. My cousin, he just got into other things, you know. So I kind of really stuck with it, and uh, there was no looking back. Yeah. So to give somebody the opportunity, if I took him out and he got that turkey and was like, eh, Whatever. Well, at least he had the opportunity to do it. Right. But it paid off because now he's diehard. You know, he wants a part of it all the time. Yeah. You know, uh, we're going to take a gentleman out who's never turkey hunted. Uh, Damien and I are taking a gentleman out this spring. He's never turkey hunted, but he's shown an interest in it and he's really intrigued by it. So we're going to take him out. I got a spot that's got plenty of birds. So we have a really high probability of success. We're at least going to hear them, probably see them. Hopefully he gets a shot at one. But, and if
0: he does... I might be creating a monster. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's how it goes. You know? And it, it's funny you mentioned one thing about um, you kind of have the, the fan of your son's turkey yeah. and the turkey call. And I don't know what you're planning on doing with that. I'm assuming some kind of wall mount yeah, or yeah, something probably. like that. But, you know, that's uh, that's an interesting um, little thing you're doing there. Because, you know, I think, of, I think back now, my dad used to take a picture with me of, you know, the deer that he would shoot growing up, like, as I was growing up, Mm -hmm. and, uh, in my room as a little kid, he had all these pictures with frames that, you know, he made on the wall of me and him with deer, and, you know, I, it just kind of dawned on me right now that that is such a a good hack that, I mean, every day, yeah, that was just something I was used to, they were in the room, and, you know, thinking back on it now, it's, that's exactly what, what you're doing. You're going to remind him all the time. And every time he sees that, he's he's right back you're in. You're printing it. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, so it'll
1: be cool. And it's something he can be proud of. He'll show all of his friends. I mean, you know, we were fortunate. That was the first video I ever really put effort into and filmed it from, set up shots, yeah. filmed it from different angles and did different cuts. I mean, it was a really cool, fun experience to do it. Uh, And shout out to Damien for helping me with that. He did a lot of the filming. He'd run ahead of us while we were walking down a pathway and get us walking in. And, you know, he did a lot of work in that regard. Um, And it's something that he is so proud of, even though he had nothing to do with editing that video. He's so proud of it that, you know, every new friend he makes, he's got to expose them to that video, which plays into now we're, I've got him as a soldier, like we talked before, you know, he's really pushing that that lifestyle uh, onto his friends. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's pretty neat. Uh, I have a friend of mine who's never hunted before, never hunted, never fished. His dad was a big golfer, so he golfed his whole life. Well, now his son is interested in hunting and fishing. He's like, Jay, you've got to help me, man. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know the first thing about it. So I'm like, okay. Um, he's, he can go under the mentor program, so he wants to deer, deer hunt. So I'm like, this summer, this spring, we're going to start scouting. I'll take him out, get him involved, we'll get him out, and hopefully we can, he can shoot a deer. And we're going to see. I mean a lot of people they get all up up for it until the moment comes yeah um so the whole trick there is not putting the pressure on like if you want to shoot it shoot it if you don't don't just watch it right if you want to i've done that myself i've been in a tree stand before and i see doe coming under me all day and i'm like i just kind of feel like watching them today yeah that's what i'll do and i've learned i've learned behavior Uh, I've learned the way they react to certain situations. I've learned how they check the wind. Right. I mean, there's a number of things you can learn from an animal just by watching and observing when they have no clue you're in their environment. Uh, you can really learn a lot from them. So could have shot 10 deer one day and I just let them all go. Just felt like watching them. Yep. You know, and that's another thing that kind of gets overlooked with hunters. We're just, you know, for people who don't understand it,
0: you know, it's Absolutely. I mean, I've recently put out a bunch of videos, uh, through the Sons of the Hunt Facebook mm-hmm. page and yeah. our YouTube just called Encounters. Yeah. And, you know, the, it is what it is. It's, it's encounters with deer that I've had this past season. And, you know, having my, uh, my biology-based mind, every encounter you have with a deer holds value. Sure. You know, you're going to learn something either way because that encounter is going to end in a certain way. It's either going to end with that deer figuring you out are you figuring that deer out? Indeed. So it's, it's going to go one way or the other. And every time you encounter a deer, it's great if you can make some kind of note. And filming is just one of those things that is automatically doing that for me at this point. I mean, Absolutely. I used to take, I used to take a lot of notes. I used to write a lot of things down, sure. to try to keep track of how many deer I would see a lot of, uh, my old tree stand locations, uh, you know, the. Bark is carved out, and I've got hash marks and things like that. And I try to, but I mean, now it's to the point like you have endless, you know, resources at your fingertips. You can keep notes on your phone. And like I said, with filming, you know, I I have, I try to keep my, you know, my footage documented and organized in a way that, you know, doesn't just work for me from the standpoint of putting a film together. It works for me from the standpoint of a hunter, right? Right. Where, you know, I'm learning things. From this every time i go back and watch it you know i pick up different things every time i look at it you sure. know i see something different and it's good to have that empirical data that you can put together and gain some knowledge from and that's part I mean, of the
1: fun of it you know what i mean it's it's fun to go out and have success and bring home a deer bring home a turkey bring home whatever it is you're after uh, but if you can bring home knowledge i mean it's a win you get out of the house and you spend some time in the woods, it's a win, you know, and my, and again, I keep talking about my friend Damien, but you know, he has this little saying, Hey, we got out of the house today. We had yeah. success. That yep. was a good day. We got out of the house. Um, you know, you, you over, you, you really put way too much emphasis on the success and being the kill. It's going to get, it's going to be a rough ride, you know, cause if I, if I shot something every time I went out, yeah, I'd have a lot of a lot of stories to tell, but right. it's a, it's, it's a very small percentage. I mean, we spend a lot of time out there and put in an awful lot of work for such a, a minute section of that, a little fraction of a moment where we loose an arrow or pull a trigger that little tiny moment in time is why we do all the work and, and why we put in such effort. But that's part of the fun is putting that effort in and, and doing that work and being out there and being exposed,
0: successful or not. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. So the the last thing that you you said there, you know, again, it just, like I said, this is a lifestyle podcast and it's not just that it's a lifestyle podcast, but everything we just said, develops that certain kind of character indeed I mean just like you said with gaining knowledge every time you're out I mean that makes you a certain type of person I, that molds your mind in a certain way it makes you inquisitive it makes you look for more it makes you learn things I mean it, it I don't want to say that it you know developed my brain into the type of scientific method type of thinking mm-hmm But it kind of does. It kind of naturally puts you in that state where you're looking at cause and effect, you're analyzing that, and then you're Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what to do because of it. Sure. It helps develop empathy. You know what I mean? When when you're out there and you
1: you see something that just causes you to understand the way things work. Right. Uh, Whatever it may be. You know, it, it really underlines... Life in general, you can really take a lot out of the woods and apply that in your every day. Yep. You know, and uh, that's one thing that I really, really strive to uh, teach my kids and to show them and, and to give them the opportunity to learn. And whether it be one of my kids or a friend or a friend's kid, anybody. I mean, if you get them out there and expose them to it and give them an opportunity, they may stay. Yeah. They may go. But if they stay, you did the right thing Right. either way you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You did your part in developing, you know, a contributing member of society essentially. And, you know, you can't knock somebody for how they got there. Right. And if it's hunting, then, you know, more power to you, I think, you know, it's, you're, you're doing something that is altruistically good for society, even though, you know, not so many people agree with the way you got. There. It may be perceived as a roundabout way, but right. uh, I'll tell you what: you don't see
1: any more "yes sir," "no sir," "yes ma'am" right. than you do in the hunting community. And the way that that whole uh, genre and that, that demographic uh, interacts with their their elders, their their peers, um, you know, there's a lot of respect there, and I think that comes through. Um, so, you know, I have no, I have no problem kind of pushing my kid through that lifestyle
0: yeah, uh, because it's going to pay off one way or another. That's right. You know? Yeah. It teaches you discipline. And like you said, empathy. I mean, it's just, it's all around just developing a, the, the whole person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. And I think it's from, you know, the outside perspective of the hunting community people don't don't realize that. No, 100%. That's why, you know, we we like I said earlier, you know,
1: we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us and it's our obligation to kind of pass on that spirit, pass on uh, the integrity of what we do, you know, and and shine a light on it that it's not just out there killing stuff. Right. It's learning. It's it's you know, sharing, it's guiding, you know, there's a lot to it. Um, and and appreciation for what's before us, you know. Yeah. What I mean, you sit like I said. We talked earlier about the the woods coming alive. There is really no way to explain that until you take somebody out and you sit them against a tree in the dead darkness. I mean, you freak them out even a little. I used to get oh, scared yeah. when I go oh, out in the woods because sure. there was no using flashlights. No, you know, that that was yeah. a, that was faux pas, man. You don't you don't use flashlights. And we'd get out in our spot. We'd sit there, and it was a little freaky. But when that first inkling of light starts to come about the sun starts to come up the birds start coming alive man it'll change your life it'll change you know it'll change your life and and it'll really it'll strike home with a lot of people and that's just a good summary of what it is that we do and and what we can achieve and, and what we can share uh, yeah. with people who are never typically exposed to it and change a lot of people's minds with that yeah. uh, whether it be through the you know, the live feed of it going out and doing it or through a, a great piece of film right. or a great piece of writing i've had people where i've read their writing and it was so vivid and so well done right. that it hit home yeah. you know so it's tricky to do but it's, it's doable uh, right. but nothing beats being out there and doing it and getting there a little trickier to convince some people to get out there and trek out at four o'clock in the morning than it is to look at a piece of film or to read an article mm-hmm. uh, but if you can convince them to do it man i i highly recommend getting anybody involved just for a day
0: yeah and and i i really can't wait for that moment where you know you, you've had it already you've mm-hmm. brought somebody out there you've shared that you succeeded in that aspect and getting somebody else to succeed. Yeah,
1: yeah, a few times, actually, and it's it's it never gets old.
0: That's going to be something new for me, for sure, mm-hmm. bringing, you know, taking Bridget out. And, you know, if if I could, you know, get her to pull the trigger on a turkey, that's that's yeah. going to be a, a different oh, feeling for sure. Oh, absolutely, and I, get ready, buddy, because. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it'll be something.
1: Well, it'll be great for both of you. You know what I mean? I mean, when my kid shot that bird, he was yelling so loud that everybody within a quarter mile heard him, and I was yelling inside just as loud. You know, it's it's the hunter in me that tries to keep quiet, but, you know, it was
0: was just something else. And And everything you just did right there, just, you know, the knowledge you shared and what you did for him is just, again, hard to describe. It's priceless. Yeah, it's priceless. But... I think that's a good wrap up right there. Indeed. I mean, that's uh that's solid. That's uh something I look forward to doing, something you've done already and uh I think that's uh you know, that's the whole point of the the hunting lifestyle. It really is, you know? man. It, it you know, like you know, we get
1: out there and we do what we do for us, But to share that and to bring somebody in on it. You know, what I mean, you're you won't be sorry. You know, you'll never be sorry that you expose somebody um f- to what we do and to what we love so much so yeah, yeah. man hope, I, I look forward to seeing uh, you know hearing some of the stories from this It'll coming be an spring. interesting spring to indeed. say the least indeed, I'm sure indeed.
0: but with that, I think we're gonna wrap it up. We're looking pretty good here. I think we uh, covered a, a few topics you know, a little yin and yang we talked about some you know social media you know manipulation at the beginning of the podcast and then really what, you know sons of the hunt is all about you know sharing knowledge mm-hmm. in the second half here and i think it went well and i'm uh i want to thank you for coming out again and oh, doing yeah, another, no, worries, no another another one of these and well speaking of social media how can people uh actually get a hold of you and follow you throughout uh the uh platforms That's a good question. Um right now the best way to follow us i think is through Facebook. That's the easiest cuz just because we could do video and photography sure. and every everything right there we could post some longer things but we're on all the platforms, Twitter at Sons of the Hunt, Instagram at Sons of the Hunt, Facebook.com slash Sons of the Hunt. You're making it easy. Yeah. The only thing we don't have is that the YouTube isn't Sons of the Hunt. I don't know if somebody has that. And it's killing me because the page is inactive. Mm. So and if in the, the rare occurrence that that person is listening, I would love that. That page, if you were willing to give that up. <laughs> but I doubt it. We'll see. But I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Indeed. We will uh, get back at this as soon as possible. Two a month is kind of what we said. Pretty and much, yeah. We're, we're, we're on track We we're, were
1: shooting for one a month, and now we're at two this month. Two so month, that's pretty yeah. good, man. I and mean, we can keep the pace.
0: Yeah. And it's it's a lot of fun to do. So once again, if you have any feedback, email me sons of the hunt at gmail.com. Leave some feedback on our Facebook page, Instagram, whatever uh, your social media choice is there. And I think that's going to do it. So signing off, this is Mark, and I'm here with Jay, and we will uh, catch you soon. Go easy. Thanks for listening.